Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. Here's the headline. I raised two successful COs and a doctor. Here's the unpopular parenting rule I always used on my kids by the one and only Esther Wojcicki. She shared her nuggets on MSNBC. She's an educator, journalist, consultant, author of How to Raise Successful People, speaker, and more importantly, she's the mom of the Wojcikis. Susan is the CEO of YouTube and is the founder of CEO and CEO of 23andMe. You can find Esther Wojcicki at Esther Wojcicki on the Twitters. Oh, you are going to go. This thing is woke fast with you. I know it, Brandon. Well, no, I actually don't think that she's uh, a, like heavy on the woke meter. Um, I just think because she shows common sense here. And Ooh. typically, wokesters don't show a whole lot of what? common sense. Oh, I really like this article. I, I, I've read it a couple times. Actually, I sent it to Corey. I thought there were some really good practical steps uh, for raising kids. I thought it was interesting that she gave out her pedigree of what her kids did, right? One is a CEO of YouTube. One is a doctor, and Anne is a co-founder and CEO of 23andMe. I said that. I know, but I'm saying those are all famous companies. Well, my question about that is, do you think that's just random or literally because she raised her kids with these things we're going to talk about, that's why they're so successful? Well, it's probably a combination of both, don't you think? I mean, ultimately, yeah. you know, she had they not been raised correctly and given the right skill set and tools, gone to the right schools, all those things, they're not in position to do the things that they do. They clearly have an entrepreneurial edge to them or, you know, a professional edge at the very least. I don't mean to tear them down a little bit, but they, they did grow up in Palo Alto, which is right yeah. next door to Silicon Valley, right? Their mom was in the heart of that. She's an educator. Um, I believe it's Anne. I don't know. One of these two was married to one of the founders of Google. So that's how Susan, in theory, kind of became the CEO of YouTube. She's intelligent enough, blah, blah, blah. But there are some circumstances Is out there. Is she not married to one of the Google guys anymore? No. Oh, she was one of the divorced people. Yes. Mm. Uh, I did not know that. But I, yes. think, I think that regardless, you could, I mean, yes. I mean, yes, Anne. I think that's the, the issue I have with this whole idea around white privilege. On one hand, absolutely true, there's white privilege. People get, but it's not just white privilege, it's it's wealth privilege. I mean, you know, people get a legs up all the time. They go to the right schools, they get the right tutors, they get the right, you know, parents that, like, invest in them. I mean, we know people that have, in, I mean, in, I just know that we have some mutual friends that just sent two of their kids off to, I think, was it Cornell or Dartmouth? And I'm like, well, yeah, because both their parents are hyper-successful hyper-professional, wealthy people with good brains, and they you know, were on their kids to work hard, and they did, and their kids were smart because they won the genetic lottery. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's, it's both and. Let's hear from the great Esther Wojcicki. Quote, we are doing too much for our kids. This is the origin of helicopter parenting in which we constantly remove obstacles so that our kids don't have to deal with challenges. There were many unpopular parenting rules I followed as a young mother, but my number one was don't do anything for your kids that they can't do for themselves. One of my really good friends has two nephews, and they are the best, most politest, awesome boys I've ever met. They're now in their 30s. Both went to Stanford. And I asked this dad, I said, how did you raise such great kids? And it, like nothing, it just came out. 
I always gave my kids more responsibility than they deserved, which is exactly in line with what's going on here. Let them figure it out while you're watching them rather than send them off to college and let them blow their brains out because they're seeing an illegal substance for the first time. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we quite go to the illegal substance part, but I don't disagree with you. I, I think that that is the struggle of all parents. I think, quite frankly, as a parent of an only child, I think it's even more challenging to raise great kids when you have an only child because I don't have a kid to balance off of, right? When you go into the Olsen house and it's like Lord of the Flies over there and they're, and they're, and they're hanging, you know, Brennan up by your ankles and, and, and it's just chaos. You, you oh. can only do so much to keep the ship, you know, running, to keep the train on the tracks. You just kind of got to let them do what they got to do sometimes. But with my kid, I can't ever tell her, no, I can't do, I don't have time to do that. For the most part, I do. So I have to take a different tact and it's i think what you're doing is ultimately doing what's best for them but you don't have to say that right i do have to say that i have to say you know this is what's best for you yes i could put your dish in the sink we've just started this week and again we have a six-year-old but we start I, i've actually taken a number of these things we're like i'm not packing her backpack for her we're not loading her dishes into the dishwasher she's now responsible for taking the silverware out you know part of that is just being good fundamental family values raising your kid to work hard and, and appreciate work and work ethic. Uh, but I do think that there's something to be said about that. Give them more responsibility than they think they can handle and be willing to take the blowback. Be willing to hear them piss and moan and complain because they've got to take the dishes out. Because as uh, I hate to quote Louis, um, Louis C.K., Louis C. K., um, but he did have a great line on, uh, I think it was one of the talk show hosts. He says, my job is to not be friends with my kid but to raise them to be the best adults they can be. And I think that's the one missing step here is that we are not supposed to be our kids' friends, period. I wonder in that same vein, if Luke K Louis C.K. was telling his kids, yes, you should masturbate in front of your friends <laughs> and let them watch and then drop the jizz all over. I'm wondering if he said that. Well, you know what, Larry? This is a family show and you took it down a notch. I was trying to be gentle in that. Again, you brought up Louis, Louis C.K. Louis C.K.'s got, well, I, I know, but can't, can't you... Do, do they are they mutually exclusive? I mean, I'm not saying Louis C.K. is a good guy, but he could have raised his children. Hey, look, this this uh, this lady could be like a dominatrix on the side. Yeah. She could be doing yeah. all sorts of weird stuff, yeah. and Freaking she still raised it. she still raised great kids. I don't I don't think those things are mutually no, no. exclusive. I just feel like your I feel like your wife's and my wife's parenting styles are very similar, and I feel like I know the tiger mom and my wife. If she could, would probably chew their food and put it into their mouths if she could <laughs> so that they wouldn't have to do the chewing. And I'm often saying like, they got to do it on their own. And I feel like that's exactly like, for instance, like our daughter now goes to high school, right? She no longer goes to the school where my wife teaches. And we very clearly told her you're taking the bus to this school. <laughs> that is your option. Taking the bus to San Francisco can be dangerous. She came home. Yeah, there was this deranged man on the bus, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of stunned me for a little bit to have to tell my daughter of 14, get on the bus. But they got to learn. It's not that far. They have to go out into the world, come home, tell you how to went, debrief it. That's the only way they can grow. And, you know, I hate to say this, and I, I know people listening are probably, oh, especially those suburban people that are listening. Oh, yes. deranged person. Oh, but, you know, sometimes in life you got to deal with deranged people. So B's learning. Yep. I mean, 
I was raised in a little town, but my dad was hardcore about teaching me to keep my head on a swivel and be ready for action. Like you don't know when some nut job's coming after you. I've often said this. I, I don't have much of a flight response. I, I have an immediate fight response. And I think it comes from my dad of saying, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for what comes at you. And we teach Maple, like we talk to her a lot about, hey, just watch out. If somebody looks a little bit off and odd, pay attention to that. Not to scare her. We have, we have friend, uh, fr- well, I, we have acquaintances. I should say they're not friends, but they, they have, li- they literally live their life in absolute fear of everything that could go wrong in the world. Their kid is so fearful that I'm just like, oh, like I don't want Maple to play with her because she's so fearful. I <laughs> they mean, live seriously. in a bubble. They're raising Bubble Boy. Well, and and it's it's sad because they're playing out their own psychic phobias uh, and their pathos on these kids. And I'm like, you know what? Bottom line is, yes, bad things could happen. Corey believes every time she gets in a car that at some point during that car drive across town, she is going to get broadsided by a semi, <laughs> and that's it. And 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 everything on the planet will die. And I'm like, you know, it could happen, but the odds are against it. So let's not live our lives as if it's gonna happen. Well, you know, it's funny. I feel like because my wife's an educator and you were for a gazillion years, anxiety in children is way on the rise. Like what kids have way more anxiety than they did however 10, 20 years ago. Right. We were free range. We played blah, 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 blah. My son, middle one, your good buddy, Ellis, has some anxiety. Actually, probably more than the most. He's not medicated or anything, but he's got a lot of anxiety. My theory with him is the only way we can help him with his anxiety is let it let him work it out on his own. He's got to figure it out on his own because if I push him in the right direction, he's never going to figure it out. And when he does on his own, it might be cured a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I there's always the old, oh, I used to walk up the hill three miles yes. each way in the snow. You know, and to be fair, I did actually have to walk up a hill every day. And I knew that when I showed up in college, there was no safety net for me. No, I wasn't going to be able to call yeah. anybody and ask for money. I was There was zero safety net. So I had to learn how to take care of myself really, really early on in life. Yeah. And in some ways, I think it was unfair. In some ways, I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that for my own kid. That said, I know I could take care of myself. And I, I think that, that like I have the anti-anxiety medication in me. Like I have so little anxiety because I'm like, what's the worst that can happen to me? It's already happened to me. So all I'm doing is living my life and keep my head on a swivel. And I want that for my kid. And I think about Ellis. Ellis has got a little bit of that, his mom thing. I, I know she never listens, so he could say whatever he wants. No, about we her. can't. She can't. But, she won't. Uh, she, but it, he's gotten a little bit of that perfectionist anxiety from her. Totally. Totally. He's got, everything's got to be perfect. I'm like, no, yep. it doesn't need to be perfect, man. It just needs to be perfect enough. And yep. I think that's tough when you have, that's why I, I honestly have a huge problem with parents that project their anxiety. I, I don't mind the parent that recognizes that they're really anxious and they don't want to do it. They're like, gosh, I, I don't want to put this on my kid. I can't stand those parents that, that play out their anxiety on their kids and aren't even either aware or willing to be aware of it. it drives me absolutely bonkers. I'm like, you are batshit crazy. You should not be putting that on your kid. We'll get to Ellis back in a second. We'll close up with him. But one of the things, you know, Wojcicki gives us lists of things. If the, it, they, the, she calls it the, I do, we do, you do. We talked about this. They have to get up on their own. They have to set an alarm. They have to get dressed on their own. They have to clean their own dishes. They have to make plans. One of the big things that she's really into is they have to do chores. And that's something in our house. Like, hey, man, I'm not cleaning the whole house by myself. I usually do the toilets or whatever. But you got to clean the hallways. Everybody's got a job. And I I think that's, like, legit. Oh, I mean, that's like... 
that's like parenting 101. I mean, anybody yeah. that doesn't do that is a loser, in my opinion. And I don't mean loser like saying they're doing it because they want to make their kids' life better, but ultimately you're making your kids' life worse by not teaching them any kind of work ethic. I love what she said. It's like, let them do it. And even when it's a, you have to go fix it, Yeah, it doesn't matter. Let them do it anyway. And if they do it wrong, you'll go back in the middle of the night and fix it. And it's stressful and it's tiring. And sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself, but you're not helping them if you don't give them chores. And age develop, you know, age specific, when they're really little, they could do things like put their dish in the sink. When they get older, they could start doing things like you're in charge of clearing the table and doing the dishes every night. That's a chore. We all have to do stuff. We talk about that with Mabel all the time. We all had this roommate in college whose mom like literally wiped their ass. Oh. And then they like, could never, like, they would just dump dishes in the sink. They were just pig pens. They left food. You're like, oh my God, their parents just enabled these MFers. Well, and the problem is those people grow up into adult MFers because they never learn. We have a, I have a fraternity Ooh. brother who was that exact thing. I mean, he, oh. he's a mental case now. He can't do anything. <laughs> he's absolutely incapable of doing anything, and his life is in shambles because his parents did everything for him. So it's just <laughs> pathetic. It's like, come on, bro, seriously. Um, so back to Ellis, my middle son, a lot of anxiety. So he had to become a soccer referee. So he has to go to these games and deal with agro coaches, agro parents, and be in control and tell them what to do. And it is so great to see him have to take on this anxiety and deal with it. Once again, giving people more responsibility than they deserve or want. I feel like it's been great because he knows like, hey, I can do this. This is a small step. It's going to be okay. Absolutely. I mean, some of this stuff is just common sense, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's just some common sense. But, but some it's of it, not, though. Right. Well, people didn't learn it. When we say it's common sense because we learned it, someone told yeah. us somewhere along the line. And it wasn't like my parents were getting Blue Star or, you know, no. Blue Ribbon Parenting Hell Awards. no. But, but at least there was some stuff that was going on to teach. And you, you hope that you do the best job. I always say, you know, you're, you're going to mess up. You just hope to mitigate the mess ups as much as possible. But Larry, thank you for introducing me to Wasiki. She's changed our parenting life. And thank you once again for teaching me. 